I don't mean to go all new agey, but astrology says we're all screwed now, and I totally get that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if anyone else noticed that Mars went into retrograde and there was a full moon. It's not a great time. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was so fun. Yeah, Mars went into retrograde this month, uh, this month, this week, within <laughs> within the past like 48 hours. I just can't remember which night it was. And it stays there until, wait for Halloween. it. Halloween. November 3rd. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wasn't too far off. Yeah, it's right around time. And maybe November 3rd isn't the day, but it basically like all forever. the astrologers <laughs> were like, Hey, everyone, you know how 2020 has sucked so far? We have some news. Please sit down. (laughs) Oh, no. There will be crazy astrological goings-ons in the two months leading up to the U.S. election. Oh, no. (laughs) So if you're... I will put this out there, and then I will introduce the podcast. If you are listening to us, please make a plan to vote. Know what you're going to do, know how you're going to do it, and do it as soon as you are able to. And then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Because you did it already. Isn't that the best feeling? (laughs) But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about A League of Their Own. That's what we we do. We do a pretty dang good job of it, too. I would say so. Uh, And I'm really excited for this week's interview because I... Did not know anything about the League of Their Own connections, the podcast connections that Hillary had when I asked her to be on the show. I have to be completely oh, I know. honest about that. <laughs> I knew she was an actress and I knew she had worked for the Lowell Spinners. And so I was like, oh, cool. So we can talk to her. You know, we can explain how, oh, they made the actresses do a baseball tryout before they could even read for the parts. Like, mm-hmm. we'll get her opinion on that. Uh Oh, she comes to us with a story about Penny Marshall whispering in her ear. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> so it's a, it's a really interesting conversation. Mm-hmm, it was. that i did not see coming and it's very delightful <laughs> so we hope everyone is staying strong amidst all this <laughs> and enjoys this and uh i'm trying to think if i have any feelings about the current state of baseball the red sox are still not doing well but if you enjoy being a petty red sox fan <laughs> neither are the yankees Oh, yeah, they're not. <laughs> it is hilarious. I mean, just scrolling through my Twitter feed is an emotional roller coaster of who favors what. <laughs> <laughs> I have not checked in on what the Reds are up to, though. Um, have you had exciting times? I think kind of just status quo. I mean, nothing. I grab the crazy. microphone with two hands and I'm like, I take status quo. Does Mookie come back in status quo? (laughs) I got really excited. I got to do a uh, Zoom with my Cooperstown crew since we couldn't go in person. Oh, yeah. We all got on and we also put up pictures from over the years of trips we've taken to Cooperstown. And there's a picture of Eileen. I know it's Eileen, but really you just see her hands and she's holding up her big red machine shirt that she had just bought very proudly. So, yeah, they're originally from Cincinnati. So your, your team is well represented. (laughs) awesome (laughs) but that was my only like baseball news i don't have new news except uh 2021 is going to be a double induction year at the hall of fame so it will (laughs) be a party yeah that yeah Speaking of parties, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I had a beautiful transition in, and then I took us out of it. No one to blame but myself. It's fine. Hey, 
Welcome back to another episode of A League of Their Own, one inning at a time. It's the bottom of an inning. We are talking about the movie as a whole, seeing where the conversation takes us. And today, our free-for-all will be led by myself, Tierney Steele, and my co-host, Rachel Mummer. Hello. And we are joined by a guest today. Hillary Bearford is in the house. This is not a house. Hi. Wow. Why am I talking <laughs> like this? Hi. <laughs> I like to be in the virtual house. Yes, the virtual house as opposed yeah. to the literal house that we are yeah. all exactly. stuck in. <laughs> I'm like, get me out of my own house. I'll take any virtual house I can find. <laughs> Oh, good. Well, you know, it's funny. When Rachel and I kicked this off, there wasn't any baseball. Yeah. Right. So (laughs) it kind of was. It was like, look, we're just going to go live in a league of our own for this summer. And (laughs) 2020, you figure out your own stuff. We'll see ya. Yeah. We found our own baseball. That is a phenomenal philosophy. Phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) All 1943 all the time. (laughs) Yay. So welcome. Thanks. One of the things I always kick off with was, do you remember how this movie came into your life? Was it something you were waiting to see or did it just appear out of nowhere for you? I feel like it appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> I think I remember, well, you know, I, I grew up with all brothers. I have three brothers. So I grew up watching them play baseball. I grew up with a, you know, a dad who's a huge baseball fan. So I've watched the Sox forever. And I feel like the first time I saw this movie, movie was with my brothers for some reason. I feel like it was a family affair. (laughs) Yeah, I lived next door to a girl who was two years older than me. And she played Little League and was it was like a sleepover at her house. And it was on and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is gonna be my life for the next few (laughs) years. Okay, thanks. Bye. (laughs) I know, right? Because you never see these kind of characters on TV. I, I remember like my mind was blown just seeing women playing baseball. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, wait, you they can do that? What is happening? <laughs> Sue Macy wrote a book called A Whole New Ball Game mm-hmm. about the actual league that I picked up at like a book fair and again, had just in my bag for the next few years nice. and had memorized. And Carolyn Morris, who was a picture for Rockford, has the story of walking by some kids playing, you know, like sandlot baseball, like in an alley and, you know, the equivalent where I grew up would have been the wiffle ball in the street until the <laughs> ice cream truck came down and scattered everyone. Yep. And um, she was like, oh, hey, can I take a turn? And they were like, uh, okay, lady, like, sure, if you think. And she went up to bat and just smacked that ball so far that they were all just standing there slack-jawed. And then one of those little twerps, of course, had to say, hey, have you got a brother? Oh, my God. Hi, I'm a professional baseball player right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that sounds about right. (laughs) Where are the boys at? It's always the uh, first question. (laughs) Well, and then the... uh, other movie that this kind of went along with in my mind growing up and being obsessed with baseball was The Sandlot, which of course infamously the worst insult you can give is you play ball like a girl. Uh, (laughs) Which didn't they make a sequel where they tried to rectify that and it's Uh, like, oh no, we've got a girl on our team now. And I'm like... I think they have a sequel, but I think it's one of those I ignore (laughs) and just stick to the original. 
<laughs> yeah, by the time the sequel to The Sale was coming out, I was no longer in that demographic. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't really care anymore. It's too little too late, Sandlot. You should have gotten it right the first time. <laughs> Except the Karen Allen's in that movie, and I do Oh, yes. That, but... <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, that's. I always remember that when uh, he's like, even my mom knew who Babe Ruth was. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, she did. You're learning a lesson here, Small. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Did you have a character you immediately latched onto or anything like that? Man, I mean... I don't really remember. I think I think I probably gravitated towards Dottie kind of just naturally because she was such a born leader and I thought she was just the coolest thing ever. So I couldn't get enough of her. But I mean, the whole the, the characters in that movie are so awesome. Like Lori Petty is awesome. Like they, they just they, they did it so right. They kind of gave us like a good little mix of everybody. I've really come to appreciate Rachel. We were talking with Cece Pleasance about Madonna in this movie mm-hmm. and the fact that that it's a very Madonna-ish role. You know, she got it because of the dance scene and <laughs> she's playing a flirt and all that stuff, but also a good baseball player who is best friends with Doris and and teaches Shirley Baker how to read and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> she's a full-fledged character. She just is also very ex- extroverted. Is that the way to phrase that? <laughs> Extroverted. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a really nice way to put that. <laughs> It seemed a little more professional than Madonna-ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's basically just in there to be Madonna. And you know what? That's fine. In 1992, we were like, cool. We we want to see you in every movie. That's fine. Yeah. I also love how uh, David Strathairn pops up in this, too. <laughs> David Strathairn. Wait, no. Who does... He's um, Ira. Oh! Lo- yeah, Lowenstein. Yep. I oh, just... my God. He's so good in this. <laughs> I mean, he always plays kind of like... Because he's, he's also an eight men out. So I feel like he's just... Do, running oh, around right. doing baseball movies <laughs> as one Nothing does wrong I mean, with that i would <laughs> yeah. i would if i could i'm like who's, where's my baseball movie for christ's sake <laughs> and i would i would like to say for people who were already starting to write angry emails when i say he's so great i mean the actor is so great i stand by ira should not have approached the players that way yeah when he tells Dottie he wants her to be in the life magazine and kid's oh, like oh did yeah. you tell about me and he goes oh i sure did kid I told him how the league didn't even want you. And I'm just like, mm, yeah, your this sister man you. needs to work on his communication skills. Yeah, a little brutal, a little brutal with the truth right there. Like, you don't need to hear it around every corner. Yeah, just leave it off at, yeah, I sure did. That's yep. that. Yeah. I sure did. Please don't read this it's article not a lie. when it comes it's the out. Truth. <laughs> But yeah, it's so hard because that's a scene that is really important because it's setting up the whole like, oh, we don't know if we're going to keep the league going. It's fiscally struggling. And it mm-hmm. it was. I mean, the league was a success, but it also lost money, which seems strange until you think about sports. Hello, WNBA. I mean, every- of course. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it- no, no one team showed a profit for years and yeah. years, but the league was a success. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it was I can't imagine like during that time trying to sell that concept to people who, you know, like weren't ready for it. <laughs> basically yeah they talk about the very specifically targeted towns where they could go to like the local businessmen get a bunch of people together also the league originally was set up with 
K. Wrigley's money. He wasn't mm-hmm. doing too shabby. So yeah, that right. helped a lot. So they were they were well backed. Yeah, but the league towns they also made sure they went to a place that like had a factory and it's wartime and the games were always at night, so you could like finish your shift at the factory and then go support our patriotic women playing America's game. <laughs> Yeah, it was all very of that era. If you've yeah. read about the uh, home front, there was a, uh, a a definite aesthetic that this just slotted very neatly into. Yeah. It's like, well, of course you're going to give your quarter to the gals playing baseball. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of course. Support support the gals always. I think it was something like it was, oh, one of the books I was reading, it had to be Mary Fiddler's Origins and History of the League, had the prices. And it was something like 75 cents for an adult, 50 cents for a kid or something like that. Really? Yeah, because there's a really cute, um, a really cute picture book called Dirt in Their Skirts or Dirt in Their Skirt. I don't remember if it's pluralized or not, but it's a picture book about a little girl attending a racing Rockford game that went to like the 14th inning in the World series and was won by a stolen base and wow. Exciting. That's good baseball. Yeah, (laughs) I always have that mental image of like the kids watching it and especially the girls that are watching it. I love at the end of this movie when um, they show all the girls gathered around Kit getting our autograph. Yes. Yes, that moment is amazing. Yeah, I felt that pretty hard as a a young little thing. I did. I was, I remember just the whole movie just kind of puts a lot of things in perspective and it was just, yeah. It was pretty amazing. for, But even for the 90s, it was amazing. That's what's crazy about it. Like in the 40s, it was revolutionary. But even in the early 90s, it was still like, wow, what? This is a thing? Like, and I, I feel like we're still fighting that a little bit. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Even even today. For the record, I have been ruined by Hamilton because now all I will ever see in my mind when people say that is uh, King George being, I wasn't aware that was something a person could do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> um, but yes, I am a huge supporter of Baseball for All, which is a group that if you look for them on Twitter, you'll find that that's where I okay. follow them. Supports girls who want to keep playing baseball instead of moving over to softball. Really? And um, that's a big push because once you make that move, generally you don't go back, at least at a competitive level. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people who moved to softball in high school and still play baseball, but it's like with their friends. They're not going to college and then hopping onto the baseball team there. I love how you said once they make the move, they don't go back because it reminds me of uh, Field of Dreams. Like, sorry, once you cross into the cornfield, that's it. (laughs) You ain't going back to the the diamond. Sorry. It's all over for you. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I know. It's a little darker than I meant. I know. But I know. It's not I know. Wrong. But that's, that's where my mind just immediately went. It's terrible. I just put, now I'm just not living in wrong. The, the saddest baseball movies ever. We've gone from like the most triumph and hopeful movie for young girls ever to the saddest moment ever. Sorry, oh girls. Oh my god. Well, I feel like Field of Dreams. This is the wrong podcast, but whatever. Let's get on my soapbox for one quick second. Missed opportunity for his daughter to be obsessed with baseball, right? Yes. 
Like, I was very confused. I have to admit, I have only, like, sat down and watched Field of Dreams. Been like, I am watching this now. Pressed play. And then I sat there and I absorbed it. And then at the end of the movie, I was done. Most (laughs) of the time, it was, like, on in the background at a party. So it was a different experience. I remember being so confused by the end of that movie. Where, like, all of a sudden his daughter falls. And so that, like, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. I really expected. I think, you know, I think having seen this movie first, <laughs> I just always assume that if you have a girl in a baseball movie, it's going to be that she's obsessed with baseball and yeah. trying to play and it, only yeah. after a certain year, my dear. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I mean, generally speaking, like that whole like daughter trying to be like dad storyline really didn't come in until like in my mind and I, I could be very wrong probably am but like I feel like that didn't come into play until much later to me that's like not, yeah. not, the, that's well, not yeah. the first place I go with sports movies is like young daughter wanting to grow up to be like be like dad in whatever sport I feel like I mean there's the there's a baseball movie what with is it Hillary Swank and Kevin Costner am I thinking of this what movie is that but that's much later it's hard because Kevin Costner was in like eight baseball I know. movies. I'm like, oh. yeah. So yeah. that's not ringing any bells because really we just had we had Tatum O'Neill and Bad News Bears. Did you? And that oh, was kind yeah. of it. Yeah. But yeah, her whole thing is she's this amazing pitcher, but she doesn't want to. And Walter Matthew has to convince her to play for the team because she's the only actual good player that they have. Wow. Yeah, I'm really struggling to come up with anything other than that. Oh, no, 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 no. It's trouble with the curve that I was thinking about. Completely wrong actors. Completely goofed that one. It's a Clint Eastwood movie. Okay. It's it's about a daughter, like a dad-daughter kind of story around. Is it the Scout scout one? Because that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, the Scout one. I remember this one. Yeah. I really want to see those someday. Yeah. Yeah, Amy Adams and Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah. I haven't actually seen it. I just know that it exists. Me neither. Me too. That's what I I, I know in passing, but... (laughs) Yeah, that's why I probably... It's going on my list, and since we'll be in quarantine forever, that list can keep growing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But but generally, I can't can't think of many movies, like, they have daughters in them, but I can't think of... I don't know. I I can't think of many where the, the girls actually wanted to play. You would often get... If you could get, like, Now and Then, which is an ensemble, you can have a tomboy oh, and she yeah. likes to play. Oh, right. The tomboys are and cool. she's good yeah. at sports. Yeah. yeah. And then um, that really peaked, I would say, with, uh, I don't remember the actress's name, but in Little Giants, Becky oh, the Icebox. Yeah. I was just thinking oh. about Little Giants. <laughs> I was going to say, is this actress famous? Which is a very mean uh, thing to say. She's famous she enough. Be She'll be known forever. Let's yeah. <laughs> Shauna Waldron? I do remember Becky the Icebox. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's in the American President as well. (gasps) That's right. She's the daughter in the American President. (laughs) Wow. Which I love... I love more than Little Giants because let's face it, it's a better movie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Little Giants is very good for what it is, but well, if you have to choose. <laughs> you're, you're, you're looking at a film directed by Rob Reiner versus a film directed by Dwayne Dunham. <laughs> I think you're going to pick Rob Reiner every time. I'm just going to call yeah. that. Sorry, Dwayne. No offense. <laughs> 
Yeah. You made a perfectly good children's sports movie. (laughs) Wonderful. But I want see, I wonder like if going back, like obviously a league of their own holds up for the rest of time. But like I wonder Mm -hmm. if some of these other movies that you loved as kids like even hold up now. Like I I rewatched uh Adventures in Babysitting the other week. Yeah. Does not (laughs) hold up. By the way, lots of references to kind of like throwing like a girl or blah 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 like a girl. It was kind of like cringeworthy. But back in the day, you were like, this movie's awesome. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I wonder how many of them actually hold up. Yeah. It's mm, because I was that girl. I loved sports movies. Yeah. And I still do. And I I will often cry at the end. (laughs) Like. Good sports movies, bad sports movies, I don't care. Like, I'm having fun. I love it. So a lot of them, a a lot of times you run into like, how are the effects in this? Oh, terrible it turns out. Oh, look, it's starring a man who turned out to be in a... Oh, cool. Let's not watch this anymore. But it's pretty rare that I'll watch one and be like, oh, let's just never speak of this movie again. (laughs) It's rare, but it happens. And when it happens, it hurts hurts your heart because it happened to me and I was always very upset. My thing is movies that I missed is something I went back and really tried to focus on once I was, you know, trapped in my house for hours, days on end. And um, there are a bunch of movies that I like thought I saw could reference and then I thought about it was like no I definitely never watched that wow and one of the ones I saw recently was St. Elmo's Fire oh yeah and I loved it but in a very different way than most people who I knew who had already seen it yeah or like they were going back and watching be like oh this doesn't hold up and I'm like oh I watched this as a comedy and it's fabulous (laughs) (laughs) is it unintentional comedy though they're all taking it very seriously yeah and that makes it funny Yeah, right. I haven't seen that movie in forever. I should probably add it to my huge plane. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what's happening in my neighborhood. (laughs) Apparently Armageddon. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I've been like going back and like watching stuff that I watched as a kid just to like reconnect with it. But it's funny because like it also hits you different because you watching St. Elmo's Fire now is very different than you watching it, you know, back in the day. You're probably gonna. Yeah, when it was aspirational. (laughs) Yeah, you yeah, exactly. I'm sure you know, I, I have done the whole like high school iconic movies yet but I'm sure if I did I'd be like oh I really wanted to be in that high school (laughs) (laughs) I really wanted that to be my high school experience that's not oh 16 candles Uh, okay (laughs) I was just thinking of 16 candles because that's one where it's like I still love it I totally get what people are saying but like Oh, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to always love that movie because I watched it so many damn times. But uh, have you guys seen the the meme going around about it with uh, Michael Schaffling, who plays Jake Ryan, where it's like, just so you know, Jake Ryan is whatever, how old he is, 60 now or something, just to make oh you feel gosh. completely like aged. No. Yeah. No. I've not seen that. Yeah, Jake. <laughs> Jake Ryan turns 60 this year in case you haven't felt betrayed enough by 2020. Oh my gosh. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jake. Actually, the worst, and I was in a movie theater. You know how they do the, the commercials before the movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually gasped so loudly that people turned and looked at me, and it was Tim Daly doing a commercial <laughs> for like... 
a medicine for older people. And I was just like, no, 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 <laughs> yep. it can't be. Yeah, like, I still remember you from Wings. <laughs> yep. This is not allowed. <laughs> yeah, they like, they're, sne- they're sneaky about it. They'll grow up on you, you know? <laughs> like, they'll get older on you and you'll be like, turn around and boom. Luckily, we have movies which never age. It's like magic. <laughs> and, you know, Tom Hanks doesn't age, let's be honest. Someone, you know, he's always just Tom Hanks. Yeah. I love the stories Penny Marshall shares about Tom Hanks being nervous about taking this role and being like, oh, oh I, I don't know. know if I'm old enough for this. I don't know <laughs> if uh, I should be playing a washed up ball player at my young, you know, youthful age. <laughs> She's like, eh. Just go eat a bunch. You'll be fine. Yeah. It it totally works, though. It actually works to have a younger manager, I think. I I love him. I love him in in, in everything, but obviously in this movie. Yeah. I think this movie is just pulling on everything. It's got a little bit of the physical calm. It's got a little bit of... Like, he's funnier because he has those serious moments where you can see, like, oh, yeah, this is a guy who, like, drank himself into an injury that ruined his career. Mm -hmm. You know, what does that mean that he's washed up at, God, I was just about to say 40s, but I bet he's only (laughs) supposed to be in his 30s because people, I swear to God, age differently. Oh, gosh, yeah. Back then, people were sharing pictures of, like, their grandparents on D-Day. And I'm like, yeah, that's a 30-year-old person. Like, he turned 18 that week. (laughs) Sorry, what now? I have no, I have no idea how old he was. Um, and you'll see. Sometimes I'm really appreciative of, uh, especially in the later years of the league, the players for the girls' baseball league look young. Mm -hmm. Like the like Dottie Kamenchek and all those guys that played right at the beginning, right when this movie's taking place, they all look like adults. They all look like grown-ups who play baseball. You see some of those players in the 50s. They're children. Yeah. (laughs) They were recruiting like 15, 16-year-olds left and right. So (laughs) that helps at least keep it kind of in perspective. But every man from the 50s looks like an old man to me. Like they don't look young. They all look like they have receding hairlines and like at age like 20. (laughs) Every time I watch it like like an old movie, I'm like, everyone looked old like from the beginning best anti-smoking argument ever (laughs) (laughs) no they all smoked what are you talking about yeah yeah live live clean folks you'll age slower yeah yeah. i'm like they all they did was smoke at least probably back back in the day oh yeah my grandmother had uncles whose nicknames were by what brand of cigarette they smoked Oh, wow. And then they would have like roll your own contests sitting there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No way. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Moog won that one. He could do he could roll his own cigarette one handed. Jeez. Apparently. That's some skills right there. That guy. He, that's like, someone, that's did he some, have to do it one handed or did he have two hands I, available? I think that part was the co- was <laughs> uh, a competition gone on too long where you yeah. start being like, well, I can do it this way. I can beat you with one hand tied behind my back. Yeah. Well. My grandmother's father was one of five boys. Oh wow! During the depression, so they have a lot of stories. Like they're and we, my parents live in the house that they built, um, (laughs) or their dad built, um, that they grew up in. So like all our family stories are like, oh yeah, this is how they would climb out of the window to sneak out at (laughs) night and. This was all orchard back then. So you could run. And I'm just like looking around my suburb being like, I'm sorry, what now? 
(laughs) How do I I sneak out of this house? (laughs) So yeah, those stories imprinted on me a little bit more, which is why I always loved, like I already loved World War II home Mm. front history stuff. Uh And then you combine it with baseball (laughs) and it's really, you're like, just a delight. Match made in heaven. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What do you guys think about the TV show coming out? Yeah, it's exciting news. I mean, I think it's time. I think it's time for the television series. Yes. I'm excited to see what comes of it now that it's gotten the green light. Because it was kind of stuck in that weird, we weren't sure what was happening limbo. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it had been announced, but then it was kind of stuck. Well, because of, yeah. Because of, well, yeah. Everything, everything, was, everything, everything got stuck. stuck. Everything was stuck. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, did, did you try out for it? Or, are you going to go? Uh, <laughs> you said you're try like, hey, out. I know baseball. <laughs> I love it. You're using baseball terms. I'm going oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> to say that from now on. I'm going to be like, I tried out for this great movie. I really hope they put me on the team. <laughs> I have to look up the title of it while you answer that question (laughs) Um, there's a baseball movie that is perfect for that I haven't uh I have not read for that one yet I'm not sure have they announced any of the cast yet or no they're still looking I know Darcy, what is her name from oh, The Good Place, yeah. is going to be in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. some casting has obviously happened. And um, there were two other women that were mentioned in the write-up that I saw. Oh, Jamie Babbitt is directing it. Oh, I like that. This show is in very good hands. Yeah. that's The more I hear about it, the more I'm like, okay, this could be good. I think this will work. Yeah. There was a very short-lived TV series of A League of Their Own when the movie first came out. And by short-lived, I mean, I think six episodes aired. Yeah. And this was back in the day when that was not a season. (laughs) Right. Yeah, this looks, this looks promising. This looks very, I'm I'm looking at the, um, the cast right now. Looks promising. Anytime I see Dale Dickey pop up in anything, I'm already (laughs) like, yay, I love Dale Dickey. But yeah, it it seems like the pilot's cast up. I don't, oh, Michael Hitchcock's in it. I love Michael Hitchcock from uh, Best in Show and all the, um, all those movies. Yeah, this is gonna be sweet. Yeah, Jamie. Jamie's, <laughs> Jamie's a phenomenal director. Uh, I'm excited to see her. She she worked on. Uh, I used to work on a TV series many many years ago called United States of Terra with uh, Tony Collette, and uh, Jamie was a frequent director in the episode I appeared in. She directed that episode and she's just a badass director. She's phenomenal. <laughs> and, and and like a story about like a girls baseball league in her hands is going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. You heard it here first, except probably not first because I'm sure everyone is talking about this. <laughs> yeah, right they're now. talking about the show. But now I really know it's like I'm like, now I'm actually excited to see what they do with it. Now that I've seen the creative team behind it, I'm like, yes, go Jamie. Yeah, I feel so bad. I totally did not like truly introduce you. I just, you know, obviously you're such a household name. Ugh. Everyone knows In your my, credits. My dog knows my name very well. Yes, thank you. <laughs> In my household, I'm very well known. <laughs> that is an achievement because I have a dog who refused to like acknowledge my existence for years. So <laughs> isn't that usually reserved for cats? <laughs> That's true. Maybe the cat set a bad example for her. <laughs> That's how I'll blame it. Yeah, and actually on that um on that show, on that series, another director that that came and popped in a lot was um Penny Marshall. She did a lot of work on that series and for a while there I was uh working on the crew and well, I remember one time I was asked to like step in. Tony Collette had to leave, but um Eddie uh Eddie Izzard was there and he still had to finish his scene. So 
they were like, Hillary, you're going to step in and just be Tony and just read off camera with Eddie Izzard. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And so I stepped in and started to like just do what Tony did. And I had Penny Marshall like leaned over from the row behind me, got right in my ear and started like barking orders at me. Like in, in her very like gruff voice, she was like, she was like, hey, let the pen hang out of your mouth. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I was like so terrified. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And she's like, okay. And she kept like directing me. And I was so, con- it was like a crazy thing to have like Penny Marshall. I didn't think this is what we were doing. Yeah. I was just like, what is happening? How did I get in this situation? Why is Penny Marshall whispering in my ear? Like I'm like, what is what is going on? Oh man, it was hilarious. But yeah, she would just like walk around set with a giant cup of soda. Maybe it wasn't soda. I don't know. But she'd walk around with a giant cup of soda, and she was just oh, what a baller that lady was. She was such a mensch. I adore her. She did a commentary track for the DVD of this mm-hmm. movie with Lori Petty, Tracy Reiner, and Megan Cavanaugh. Wow, and it is so. So much fun. I highly (laughs) recommend people go and listen to it. It's where I learned that um, the pee scene with Jimmy (laughs) Dugan was her hidden behind that partition with a hose and a bucket, bucket. (laughs) and he had no idea when things would be starting and stopping. It was what? (laughs) So that was her. She dubbed Madonna in a line where they realized they needed like someone sneaking out, and so she dubbed a line for Madonna. (laughs) Wow! Um, I just love it. (laughs) That's amazing. I can and I can totally see her. She's kind of like an all or she was an all hands on deck kind of gal. Like (laughs) no job is too small. Like it needs to get done. Someone's got to do it. She would like jump in, like like she did when there was like no reason for her to like talk to me you know <laughs> at all mm-hmm. and the fact that she was like literally like leaning over my shoulder in my actual ear just shows you how hands-on the woman was for sure like the old cartoon angel devil yes, <laughs> Penny it, Marshall. Just, it was so it was just it was a wild I was like brand new to LA and I was just like trying to make some money and like it was it was just like one of those things where you're like what is happening why why <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't mind, but I, I'm yeah, just confused. It's, it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, Penny was always cool. But th- that was the one time that like, yeah, I still rem- I still have I still remember her just like in my in, literally in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> we got through it. It was fine. I really love her. every time she like chastises the actresses she's like you were all drunk. And they're like, well, <laughs> you put us in the middle of nowhere in the Midwest. So well, you know. We did what we had to do to keep entertained. <laughs> <laughs> Can't fault people. You got to, you know, you have to get in the mindset somehow. Mm-hmm. They were a bunch of girls let loose in, you know, <laughs> a small town in Illinois. Yeah. So that's one thing I really enjoyed was how many of the child actors, you know, people who you think like, oh, this must have been their big break. They had a line in the league of their own. And it's just like some kid from Evansville who happened to be there that day and was the right <laughs> age. And so she slapped him in a costume and said, say this to Tom Hanks. And then <laughs> that's like the end of their acting career when you look on IMDb. It's just like, yeah, I was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. And the kid who plays Stillwell Angel just apparently was like, I've I've done enough. This was it. I'm good now. <laughs> One and done. I got my story. 
Hey, yeah. you know what? Those kids went out on a high note. And the rest of us are still here being like, no, we can still be an actor. Those kids were like, no, we're good for life. We, you know, appeared in one of the best movies ever. So we're fine. We're good. Yeah. That's one of the actors on Game of Thrones the whole time was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to keep doing this after the show. And all the adult actors around him were like, what is wrong with you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. Is it Jackie Gleason? I totally. The one whose name is like that. Yeah. That's what I, it came out of my I, mouth, but I'm like, the one who played uh yeah jack gleason jack okay. oh, i bet he did go by jackie sometimes we're, I'll we're give you that. so cool that i call him jackie we're, <laughs> there you go you, know. you guys got it like that that's awesome yeah <laughs> in my defense there was a very famous other jackie that's gleason who I, was definitely not in game of thrones that's so. what, yeah. i was like i got the gleason part i just i was like as soon as i came out of my mouth i was like wait a second <laughs> mentioned in back to the future jackie gleason oh come on jackie gleason's coming on oh i've seen this one how have you that's seen Right. It's a rerun. What's a rerun? What's a rerun? What's a rerun? Yeah, I love seeing like and like the smaller roles. Like I love seeing actors pop up. We were like, hold on. They're like, wait a second. Is that like just people like randomly popping up in tiny roles and er- early in their careers? That's so much fun to see. Oh yeah. Like I love how like Taya Leone in this movie like doesn't even have oh, a know. name. Like she's she she doesn't even <sighs> have yes. a character. She's just like no. I don't think unless, unless I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I nope. think she's just first base, yeah. Racing first base is how she's credited. Yeah, right. Like, there's a couple of times and I'm like and I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh. I'm like, that's Taylor Leone. Yeah. <laughs> that's so much fun to just like spot people where you're like, hang on. Like you rewind it, you're like, wait a second. Oh, what yeah. is happening here? <laughs> and she's recognizable. But oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I love those the movies where they just have a little bit and you're like, oh, Oh, there we go. That's like one of my favorite things to do is like if we're watching a movie or something and, you know, that's like, that person looks familiar. Where are they from? It's like my favorite game to be like, I bet I can guess. And then I'll guess and then I'll look to see if I'm correct. And it's like, yes, it's like victory. <laughs> it is a victory, by the way. It is hard to come up with names. Although sometimes yeah. like I've been I've been rewatching Homeland, not rewatching, watching. What am I talking oh, about for yeah. the first time? But like <laughs> I'll like be watching something and someone will look familiar and I'm like who is that like where have I seen them and I'll look it up and like figure it out oh it was, he was on Game of Thrones that's why I know him or da 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 but once in a while I'll be like oh wait I know that person that's why <laughs> that's why they look familiar <laughs> I like look people up and be like why why is that name from my oh my god yes that one time blah blah, blah. <laughs> that's starting to happen more and more it's like one of the perks I think it's one of the perks for me of living in living in Hollywood where you're like no yeah. you actually have like memories where you're like oh that's right but you never realize it like I don't watch things in, unless it's a good friend. I don't watch it and be like, oh, I know them. I'm like, how do I know them? And I always mm-hmm. assume it's because I've seen them in something else. And then I'm like, nope, that's not it yeah. at all. One time at a party, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. And I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> I'm just sitting here in awe. And I'm the worst at that game because I'll always be like, someone will say something or move their head slightly. And I'll be like, we've seen that actor before. Yes. Yeah. And then we go to their IMDb and I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea where this came from. Then you try to like approximate like what year would I have seen them in something? <laughs> and then yeah. you try to look for a title that you're like, okay, I think this is it. <laughs> yeah. No, my thing that I just started watching was the HBO series show me a hero Hmm. check it out everyone is someone (laughs) but i'm just staring at it like i know that person where from i i I, I got nothing for you (laughs) and everyone's wearing 80s like no i this is hopeless (laughs) 
just know that I know everyone here. <laughs> it's really it's really hard to recognize people like in in Homeland. There's like a caseworker, like a child services caseworker that I'm like, God, how do I know this woman? She's so familiar. She's so familiar. She's so familiar. And then I, I go look her up and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, she's Midge's mom on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Duh. But like <laughs> but like she's it's so different between like playing someone, you know, a retro character, historical character, kind of not historical, but you know what I mean? And then like looking at her like in a modern day thing like Homeland, I did I, I couldn't put it together on my own to save my life. And then once I looked it up, I was like, holy, of course, that's, <laughs> yeah. it's tough. That's a, that's a leap. That's one thing I ran into with this that drove me nuts is I really liked Kit and Lori oh, Petty yes. was in so few things <laughs> that were appropriate for a child to see. Yes. And she was so different from Kit. <laughs> yeah. I felt a little uh, a little adrift, whereas my friends who were super into like Rosie O'Donnell were just racking up movies to watch <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> super into Rosie O'Donnell. Even even Megan Kavanaugh showed up in a bunch of things, but Lori Petty, you had to really like look for yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I saw her in eight million things, but I obviously know her, you know, like Point best Break. From that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> Point yeah. Break. What else was she in? Free yeah. Willy. All right, we we can have Free Willy. I can get I can get down with some Free oh, Willy. That's right, Free Willy. Oh my god, I, I totally forgot, forgot she was in Free Willy. I did too. I'm just I'm just looking at it. I'm cheating. I have not thought about Free Willy. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> No, neither have I, but here yet here we are. <laughs> now we all are. <laughs> here we all are. Yep. I, I want to give a shout out to the movie. I Again, is it as good as A League of Their Own? No, that's not <laughs> what we're comparing here. The uh, 2016 Richard Linklater film, Everybody Wants Some, oh. is about college baseball in 1980. <laughs> yes, I've heard about this. I haven't seen... It's very enjoyable. Is it? (laughs) I basically decided to look at it as like a sequel to Dazed and Confused. (laughs) Right. um, For obvious reasons. So yeah, it's it's very in that genre. So that's like, is that like the last good baseball movie? I'm trying to think. Um, last good like baseball related film? Has there been anything? Because that was recent, right? That was what, like a couple years ago? Yeah, that was only, that was 2016, which oh, yeah. before this year I would have said was very recent and now feels like a billion years <laughs> Yeah, ago. no longer recent. Um, no longer. Yeah, I'm trying to think of movies because the big thing that I got really into was the TV series Pitch oh. on Fox. Yeah, was fabulous. Yeah, actually, um, the star of that series um, was in my acting class for oh, a wow. while. She's awesome. I can't remember though if she played, if she actually like grew up playing baseball or not, or if she. I think I feel like she learned. Kylie Bunbury. I feel like she learned for the um for the series, but yeah, she's. Like- I remember them doing like the little behind the scenes of like here's how you fake a ninety mile per hour fastball sort of thing. Oh. Like yeah. you film it from this angle and you cut at this point and then when you put it all together with the magic. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I didn't know Dan Fogelman created that show. That was it, <laughs> that actually made it really heartbreaking because it's like when Dan Fogelman can't like get a second season yeah. and is really like trying is really he is said many times like oh yeah no we'll do more would you like some more we'll do more and so it was like oh god what hope do any of us have <laughs> i know i just i remember like i remember her getting that and like having it move forward and i it was like her first big break essentially and I, we were just like all stoked like we were, it was very exciting <laughs> it was very exciting having you know 
just known her from acting class even it was like yay it felt like a win it felt like a win for everybody in this like weird way and she's she's been working since so you know that show for her like did its job and she's you know she appeared in that movie game night and like she's done a bunch of stuff she continues to pop up places so I guess pitch really set her down that path but yeah I love I love the idea of the show I wish I wish it stuck around I it didn't even stick around long enough for me to even catch up to it <laughs> I, I didn't even get a chance to start watching it maybe I, I should I should add that to my uh, quarantine list that was right in the midst of my I still love her but this was when I like first discovered and started like following and watching all her stuff of Katie Nolan and she's Mm. kind of the voice of sports news on that show so like we knew it was coming we were super excited for everything yeah and I continue to be obsessed with our shows because she talks about sports and loves dogs so of course I follow her (laughs) like it's a really great combo it's a winning combination when she first moved I have a cousin who works for ESPN in like the offices not anywhere near that but Hmm. when she first moved to ESPN I was like oh maybe I can set her up with Mike and my my husband was just like what are you doing like what are you talking about and I was like she'd be perfect for him and then we can be friends I know like you had like a whole you had a whole fantasy all set to go you were like and then we're gonna hang out it's gonna be great they can go to Bruins games together it'll be fine like it'll be fine and yeah she was at the New York office, not Bristol. <laughs> yeah, I was like Bruins games. I'm like, you ain't going to Bruins games from New York. No. Yeah, she's a she's a Boston native. She actually really infamously raised funds and bought a bench in Central Park and put the plaque up for David Ortiz. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. And it was she- a thing like the first however many people who like found it and took a selfie with it she'd send like I think it was like a pen or something. To- it was something really silly. It was more just to do it. But- <laughs> wow. She's my new hero. As a longtime Boston fan, she's my new hero. I love her. <laughs> You've just introduced me to a new amazing uh, superhero. <laughs> Thank you yes. for that. Thank you, Tierney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, I, I grew up loving sports. I grew up following it and I still did, but it really wasn't until I moved to Boston that I got back. And it was just kind of like background noise. Yeah. And did my college that I went to do well in a sport? I mean, not that I know anything about it, but sure, that's great. Like, good for them. (laughs) And then when I moved to Boston, I lived in the fence. So I lived literally down the street from Fenway. Oh, my God. If you walked away from Kenmore Square straight down, you would eventually run into my building. Oh so, my god. Did you live like near the park? That little area of the fens that way or Yeah, yeah. Um the actual Fenway T stop. Mm-hmm. Ironically, not the closest tea stop to Fenway Park. Yeah, uh, for those who <laughs> aren't aware, that was my tea stop. Basically, hmm. wow. I lived right between that and Longwood. Damn, Boston sports is like a whole other level. Like when it com- when it comes to the, the the Red Sox or any of the sports teams, like it's just another freaking level. The commitment is fierce. It just really surprises me because now, not to sound incredibly old, but if Jake Ryan is 60, all bets are off. (laughs) These kids today know nothing, Hillary. (laughs) They think being a Boston sports fan means you win all the time. And I don't know how to explain to them that that is 
not the case. <laughs> yeah, not not any of us grew up that way. Sometimes the Celtics would get on a good roll, but that was about it. <laughs> yeah, this, I guess the Celtics are the exception because like through the even through, that never lasted that long. <laughs> like through the eighties, like. they were pretty untouchable. So I guess we did. I guess that's true. But the Patriots were abominable. The Bruins had some runs, yeah, here and there. The Sox, were, yeah, and the Sox. We all know the Sox history. So like, yeah, that's true. We yeah we we grew up sad when I moved here I was like all but I'll never be a true Red Sox fan because I didn't start rooting for them until it was um I moved up here 2008 so I was like I'll never be a true Red Sox fan and now Mm -hmm. I'm meeting like 18 year olds who talk about how like oh it's so disappointing we didn't win this year and I'm like "Mm, I think I'm a true Red Sox fan (laughs) (laughs) so disappointing Uh, this person doesn't know about Louis so (laughs) 2008 was the year I I left oh we traded (laughs) that's that's the year I hightailed it out of there I was like I I went out on a high note you know and the minute I landed in LA the Celtics won that year so like (laughs) it was a it was a really crazy time to a leave and b to move to the place and they beat the Lakers so like it was kind of (laughs) nuts yeah yeah that was one of the first going to that victory that duck boat parade was one of the first things I did in Boston I didn't know anyone yet I ended up befriending a mom and her two kids that were next to me and she's like oh I took them out of school I don't care (laughs) (laughs) that sounds that sounds about right like that's that's some like total Boston trash right there yeah (laughs) exactly I I get why people hate us I do I get why I get why we're so hated it's just it's really it's an annoying attitude but also you get used to it and you're like yeah we usually win and then you're like wait we didn't win it's so (laughs) it's so (laughs) off-putting What do, you, what do you think of how they're doing like the cutouts on the green monster and like the fan noise and all that? <laughs> the atmosphere of the games I'm fine with. Yeah, the uh, gameplay themselves could be improved for yeah. the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that I love is I'm, I just almost said I'm friends with. I am not friends with him. We are in the same field. He works for Harvard in the off season and I was a librarian and knew a bunch of the librarians over there. We are not friends. <laughs> the organist for the Red Sox, Josh Cantor, is the nicest guy. Legend. And I know people are friends with him. What I love is that now he's getting all these foul balls <laughs> that oh, normally yeah. would be caught by people that are ending up up where he is. So he'll just like at the end of the day, like every so often he'll tweet out during the game like, Thanks for the ball, Devers. And like he lines <laughs> them up on the organ as the game goes on. Oh, cool. Oh, my so that's God. adorable and awesome. Yeah. I was out in LA and having dinner with my uh, fellow mass hole. And we were looking, we, we looked up these cutouts in the green monster and we zoomed in on the photo. And I went like literally like frame by frame and looked at all the people in the stands. And it is like <laughs> every bit of what you think it'll be. It's like some like kids, mm-hmm. like some normal people some total like boston douchebags like you could just look at the photo and you're like that's such a douchebag someone's dog like it's hilarious it's so funny i'm like this is this this feels right like yeah, yeah. wasn't it also uh, a dodgers game where bernie turned up from weekend at bernie's was it or yeah uh, it wasn't not the dodgers i just remember seeing the image of like bernie in the stands behind home plate and i going, saw the who image. did this i need to thank this man be like that wins yeah the dodgers 
Dodgers are doing good. I have not been subjected like you have, Rachel, to the virtual fans. Yeah, uh, that the was... joys of cutting the cord. I do not have to watch that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. that was just one game that we were watching. I, I don't know if it was Chicago when I'm the not... Reds were in Chicago. I can't remember, but I'm like, that's got to be weird. Because <laughs> 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 so, I, I was like, wait a second, and my husband's like, no, they're virtual fans. Like, there, there's. I'm like, I was gonna say, there's no way they'd. Let- you know it's a bummer though because I'm I'm coming I'm coming back to Boston pretty soon here now and you and usually when I come home I do try to go to see a game and now it's like oh man it's not it's it doesn't feel like summer without baseball. Like I'm glad they yeah. have like some form of it, and it's not completely gone. I think they're doing like the best with what they have. But man, mm-hmm. it's kind of sad to think like of being in Boston and not going to Fenway because I always go. I may have to save this episode for last in case I'm canceled or burned at the stake or whatever. But um, <laughs> it's all my fault. I've had season tickets, not season tickets. I've had a pack of tickets that they call me a season ticket holder, and I'm definitely not that wealthy. Yeah. I I got like 10 games. <laughs> I've had that for the Red Sox for years. And this was the first year I didn't because I was planning on moving out of the city over the summer. And it was like, oh, I can't really afford to do that. And then like burn half the game tickets. So I just won't do it this year. And I, I gave up my pass and I was very sad. Mm. I didn't actually cry, but like <laughs> I thought about it sort of thing. Yep. And then there there's no season. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So if it's all my fault. Also, I have actually like had to sit down and be like, is this all my fault? Because I started trying (laughs) to write. You're definitely a true fan. I started trying to write a new book in February of this year. And the last time I tried to start a novel was November of 2016. (gasps) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So I did have a like wake up in the middle of the night and be like, should I not be an author? Like, am I just destroying this country <laughs> you keep telling your stories girl you keep writing because i just i was like because i come to a standstill and i was like ah oh. and i was like this happened the last oh no <laughs> but that does make you a true red Sox fan like the superstition like that that level of superstition yeah. and like personal responsibility for the team definitely like you're no longer like a transplant to boston who adopted the red Sox. like you're a straight up true blue like you're fine like I'm going to anoint you in this in this podcast right now. I'm sure my Red Sox fan brethren will not disagree. <laughs> They'll understand. They'll understand. Exactly. Well, I, I'm glad you have fellow massholes out there because I think being a transplant is probably very hard. And I like I came here from Connecticut. Yeah, I moved to the city and had to kind of adjust, but it's still within the same region. So it's not that big a change, you know. Well, wherever I transplant, plant too like when I came to Los Angeles I somehow in a weird turn of events became the mayor uh, not the, not the yeah the mayor the mayor of Red Sox Nation <laughs> for Los Angeles <laughs> So I ended up like hosting all these watch parties and like, and that's an official title, by the way. That's a, that's a Jerry Remy, like Jerry Remy's fan club. That's <laughs> so I ended up like meeting all these mass holes and all these Boston fans and stuff. And it was like, 
I moved 3,000 miles away from Boston only to then hang out with all Bostonians. Like, <laughs> that's, it, like we, I joke that you always find you always find the assholes here. Like we like gravitate towards each other. We don't even know it. Like we're just drawn together and we're like, and we find out, oh, you're from Boston? Of course you are. <laughs> yeah. But I can't imagine moving to Boston. Well, originally I did it for grad school. Oh, okay. That makes so, more sense. That was my in. You need it. You need an in. It's a, it's a tough town, man. People are like, it's very insular. Like, it's like, hey, I grew up with these guys from kindergarten. Like, I don't need anybody else. So I moved here in January and that was a mistake. <laughs> and I would like to recommend anyone moving to a city with snow and it's dark at 4 p.m. and you don't know anyone. Not a great idea. I was miserable <laughs> the yeah, first month. And the orientation for my library school program that I moved up here to do, uh, they were doing one of those things like, you know, turn to the person behind you and ask them that, you know, blah, blah, blah. The person behind me had been born, raised, as had her parents and their parents before them in Quincy. Of course. So I just kind of rolled with her for two years. <laughs> yeah. You do have to like Trojan horse it a little bit. You gotta get, you gotta, you gotta get in good with like one of the like the super locals and then you're fine. <laughs> yeah. I grew up north of Boston in, in Linfield and uh, one of my um, friends and classmates from high school eventually uh, married John Henry and so now is a part owner of the team. <laughs> oh, wow. I say, you're your uh, seats might be slightly better than mine were. <laughs> yeah, the, well, I have when to. to I have Fenway. to admit that the, the the best seats I've ever gotten ever to watch the the Sox have been from from Linda for sure. Thank you, Linda, if you're mm. listening to this. Um, yeah, she gave that. <laughs> that that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, she gave me. Um, one time I was home, she gave me some front row green monster seats for the Sox Yankees game. And then another time, another year, this is the the first time she gave me tickets. I remember like I ran into her at I think the July yeah the Boston Pops like July fourth concert I just kind of bumped into her and she was like oh you want to see a game while you're here and I was like yeah that'd be amazing and so she's like all right I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave some tickets for you they're gonna be four tickets and I was like oh that's oh my god it's amazing so like I grabbed my my brother my dad and the guy that I was dating at the time who was with me in Boston and we went and I'm like you know make hopefully they'll be like you know um, I was hoping for a, like a box or something like luxury box kind of deal and we go pick up the tickets and my brother was like Hillary what the hell and I'm like what and I'm like, what, 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 what? I don't even know where they are. Where are they? And he goes, these are like the owner's dugout seats. He goes, <laughs> he goes these are like the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck seats. And I was like, I was like, what? And sure enough, like we go down and it's like literally right next to the Red Sox dugout front row. It was insane. Like my brother high fived Poppy. Oh, yeah. like nice. he, he said to him, hey, Poppy, go, go hit one for me. And then Poppy went up and hit a home run and he high fived my brother on the way back. And my, oh my, my brother was like, like what is life um so, <laughs> and my and my dad like who's been a fan like forever I was like I was like what do you think dad pretty good seats huh and he was like I don't know why you didn't call your other brother and I'm like can you just accept the fact that you're at the game and you've never had a seat this good can you just be happy about it he's like yeah he's like but it shouldn't be me and I'm like oh my god dad terrible but yeah to see Aww. to see a game like that like you're kind of spoiled and you never want to go to a game again in a sense because you'll never have seats that good ever again yeah. <laughs> that's my camden yards i saw in a box and i'm like mm, no is there not unlimited free food yeah. I don't <laughs> <think so. laughs> 
And I think even even the next day, oh my god, the next day it was it was not I remember it was not a great game, but the Red Sox hit a lot of home. I feel like they were playing Detroit or something. Like it was not like one of those like amazing games, but they definitely went on a run and hit a lot of home. <laughs> Rachel's dad, cover your ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they went on a run. They hit a lot. I think they they hit a lot of home runs. And the front page of the sports section the next day was like was Poppy high fiving one of his teammates. I can't remember which one, but it was like a triumphant photo. And in the background of the photo, you can make us out in it, but not like our faces, <laughs> but like my hat, like you can pieces of us. And I'm Aww. like, oh my god, that is us in this photo. Yay. I'm like, guys, we're on the front page of the paper. <laughs> like no one else can. Do, no one else knows, but we'll always know. Yeah, <laughs> which is arguably Aww, more that's important. Awesome. Yeah. It was, it yeah. Was, it was badass. <laughs> that's amazing. It's so funny because this is not even because I was like, oh, I got to ask you about your real baseball experience. And I was like, I had no idea you guys were front page royalty. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, I I don't know if you uh, caught Sully Baseball's Paul Francis Sullivan's podcast. Let's not call him. He, you have to call him Sully. Sully is enough. You have to call yeah. him Sully. Yes. No, Sully's fine, but let's not start. Oh, I was over at Sully Baseball. I know. I the just, other I just like, for some reason, I thought of his handle first. I, like, he's Sully Baseball. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I also I, I spent a summer in, I want to say, what year was it? 2005, I want to say. Uh, yeah, 2005. I was the on field color commentator for the live broadcast of the, the Lowell Spinners, which is the single A affiliate of the Boston Red Sox. So my baseball experience runs pretty deep. That was a, and that was an amazing year. Like Jacoby Ellsbury was was that was his first year. Clay huh. Buckholtz, like Jed Lowry, like it was a really mm. good year for like future Red Sox. So I got to watch them as babies <laughs> running around. Oh, mm-hmm. Cool. That's I will always be a Devers girl because I saw I went to my first game at McCoy Stadium in Pawtucket. Yeah, Pawtucket. And he was playing for the the <laughs> Paw Sox. There, they put up the players' birthdays when they come up to bat. Like, that's part of their stats. And we were like, this kid is a baby. And he's amazing. (laughs) He got called up to the Red Sox the next day. Oh, my God. Hey, so I I will always be his fan. Is your dog saying we're uh, we're running out of time? Or uh, she's freaking out for some reason. There's a there's a guy with a giant pizza. <laughs> oh, oh no. well. So I, I under, now I understand her enthusiasm. I would you know, I would, <laughs> if I weren't on a podcast with you guys, I would be screaming like a banshee as well, being like, yeah. "Come to my house!" Oh, I have to interrupt this podcast. There's pizza. Yeah, there's pizza. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, Della. I get it. <laughs> Things that didn't happen before 2020. One of our, uh, I live in an apartment or a condo, but whatever. <laughs> My upstairs neighbor ordered pizza from the same place as me at night. And I remember like I had hung up the phone. I had come into my room because I was like, all right. And I was getting some work done. And I saw the car drive up and the guy get out. And I'm like, wait a minute. Was that? That was so fast. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. My phone's not, my phone's not right. What's going on? And I was like, it was so embarrassing that I like recognized. <laughs> but I saw the box and I was like, wow, that was amazing. And then I'm like, it's not for me. Oh, no. <laughs> That's so sad. That's even worse. It was a nice bonding moment with my neighbor to be like, oh, you also get Woody? Like, <laughs> But That's like yeah. a heightened moment of being in a restaurant when you see like the waiter come oh, out with food and yes. you're like you're like mine 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 oh no like, like I think I ordered that oh but no. it's even worse though if you're in quarantine and you're stuck and you're just waiting for food and you're like at the mercy of yeah that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like wait 
for me yeah for me um, but i'm sure but i'm sure that, that guy had to and be like oh god i gotta come back here he probably got he, he probably like delivered the pizza <laughs> yeah. like got all the way back to the restaurant and then they were like oh, okay another one's going over to the same place and he's like god damn it like <laughs> <laughs> like look I only know the names of the dogs in my building. I don't know the people to coordinate dinner. Yeah, I know. Like, next time, like, make it easier on this guy. There's nothing worse than, like, doing the exact same drive twice because you forgot something. We all know that. So this poor, this poor yeah. guy. Look what you did. <laughs> One thing I cannot get away with not asking you, there would be a riot, is we ask all our guests oh, yes. at the end of the movie, in the final play of the game, Dottie drops, hints and drops the ball. And we were wondering if you think that Dottie did that on purpose so Kit could win, or if it was an honest Kit Walder, oh, she drops ball, man. racing wins the World Series. <laughs> oh man, that's a great question. There is no wrong answer if that's any uh pressure <laughs> off you. <laughs> because even Penny Marshall will not say yeah, what she, she thinks. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm trying to rem- I'm trying to actually remember what I thought at the time, because I feel like the gut reaction is the most important. <laughs> I feel like I feel like she did it for for Kit. All right, team sister. <laughs> I I feel like she did at the time. I would have to like. I'm, I'd be curious to like go go back and like rewatch that specific scene again and see if I still think that <laughs> now. Because because back then, by yeah. the way, 1992. You know, I had a pretty good. I had a nice little life. Hadn't really experienced much of life. So to like have now that I'm a little more, I wouldn't say jaded, but like, you know, a little more aware of the reality of the world. I wonder if I would be as hopeful. I wonder if I'd be yeah, <laughs> like a little more cynical. I remember being in shock and being like, what? Did Rockford not win? Yeah. Is that even possible in a movie? (laughs) Yeah. Like, it had never occurred to me that you could watch a movie and the team you've been following the whole time wouldn't win the big game. Yeah, I mean, they definitely bucked the system on that one. Um, I mean, I'm working on, I'm developing a sports movie right now, and it's a big, it's always the big question at the end. Like, do you do you go with like the cliche happy ending, or do you throw the curve like these guys yeah. did? But I, yeah, I feel like that at the time because I like you know probably watched it with my brothers and like you know the just siblings like are the most important thing in your life like then especially when you're growing up. I d- I feel like I sided with like the you know. She went with the the family thing, but now I don't know. I'm gonna have to I have to think about that because uh, I mean, as a Red Sox fan, we all we we all know someone can drop a ball. <laughs> like we all we all know what can happen. We know the ignominy of <laughs> up a ball. So <laughs> like that's pretty uh, reasonable conclusion as well. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> the funniest thing I've read about Boston in the last week or so is that uh, I guess they're COVID. They have like a hotline for COVID so that if, if people not abiding by the quarantine, which I will totally abide by just in case anyone's listening. The, so you can, you can like call and basically tattle on people and get them cited for, <laughs> oh, for, for not if they're coming from other places that are on the hot list. But I saw this, I saw this article that said that the hotline was just flooded with prank calls and I just (laughs) was my heart was so warmed like I was actually emotionally touched by it I was like that's my people that's it like there were hundreds and hundreds (laughs) of calls of like crank calls and just like all kinds all kinds of stuff they were flinging at these people and they were like you don't tattle on your friends like all kinds of stuff and I was like that's the Boston I know and remember (laughs) 
Yeah, you can't give us access to something like that and not have it go awry. Yeah, like that's that's it. Like you, there's no there's no planet our Bostonians or anyone in the New England area like letting that stand. A literal like hotline for like tattletales. Yeah, loyalty is important yeah. in that place. Well, and again, just to loop it back one last time, I have always said I love the friendship between Doris and May, and the mm, fact yeah. that they are so mean to each other. And I'm like, of of course they yes. are. Yes. They're from New York. Yes. <laughs> like, it's, that's how they express their yeah. love. It's a love language. <laughs> yes. Sarcasm is a love language. And that's like the true test of friendship. It's like that's the only, that's the way you know you're really true soulmates slash friends is like if you are like that, it's like, yep, we're besties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a shorthand. No one's called me that since last night. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the best of that is when uh, Doris is like, ah, bat hit me on the head. Yeah. Your head and not your behind because <laughs> yeah. that looks really swollen. Oh, and then the minute Doris says, Why'd you say? She goes, I'm sorry, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love how they, they took the insult comic and put her in the movie and just let her rip. They're like, you just keep <laughs> oh doing what you, what you do, which is be funny and insulting. Yeah. <laughs> that part was essentially written up for her because while May always had a friend, that friend wasn't Doris as we know her. It was that Rosie O'Donnell auditioned for the part of Marla and didn't get it, oh. but was so good at the baseball side that they were like, we can't lose her. She's really good at yeah. baseball, guys. So they basically put her in the part of Doris and then we're like, okay, let's build up Doris now. Wow, they wrote so, her. Uh, so yeah, then they wrote her apart. <laughs> essentially. Essentially, yeah. Like they didn't create a new character, but that character was just a name. Like it was just a per you know, another girl on the team, sort of thing. Wow. So yeah, the Doris that we know and love that steals hot dogs out <laughs> with her mouth when she goes into the stands <laughs> and yeah, all that is her. I feel like Rosie plays celebrity softball. Because they have these like celebrity softball games every year. And I feel like I've heard about her playing like recent, like semi recently, I guess. I think she still plays. Yeah. Yeah. I loved all the stories of um, like Megan Kavanaugh being excited to like throw out first pitches places and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. I would be terrified. I would be terrified. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I don't want to play against her. Can I be on her team? Yeah. That would that would work yeah, much better. I don't, I don't want to square off. No. And I really want to go to they did a um celebrity softball game at the um shoot i hope it's bentonville but it's in arkansas and it's the film festival that gina davis oh, put that's together bentonville, yeah yeah and uh this year it's for i i got like the notification because as soon as dan brown uh, who was an earlier guest told me about it i like put it on my phone like i should know about this when it happens and so yeah i got the notification that this year of course not but yeah. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> but yeah he went down there for a, a celebrity softball game that like Gina Davis and then some of the original players were at. And oh, and I, I hope they make cameos in this TV series in some capacity. I hope they pop up in some way. Like that would be awesome. It has a lot of potential. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah. I had no idea when I asked you on that you had that connection. So this is, this is great. All right. <laughs> I mean, I was already super excited about this TV <laughs> show. So <laughs> I don't know who I'm pretending to kid. I just love to talk <laughs> baseball with girls, especially because that never happens. I'm just so, I, yeah. I'm just so happy to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. Let's, be, let's be real. Yeah, that's 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 a lovely thing as well. <laughs> yeah. My, my kid is really cute and he can now talk, but it's mostly about dinosaurs. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, you're like, it just gets old fast. <laughs> 
Is he showing the beginning signs of an accent? I don't think so, but then I don't think I have one, and my mother insists that I do, so. Really? Hmm. I don't think I, yeah. I wouldn't think you do. I don't think I do. <laughs> if anything, the only things that have stayed are slightly New York-y, I might think so. <laughs> I mean, it, do- it does have a way of taking over. Oh, so the first mass that I went to, because I am Catholic, I moved up here in January, I know no one. The first mass that I went to, the priest in his incredibly thick accent in his homily said, now we can't tell you to pray for the patriots. And I, I can't do it, I can't do it. <laughs> but it basically was, we can't tell you to pray for the Patriots in the Super Bowl, but <laughs> that's what we're all going to oh do my God. when I sit down, right? Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's amazing and so on brand. That's amazing. This is actually like a beautiful transition to the fall, Rachel. Look at that. <laughs> you know what? Patriots win too much for me. Oh. You, you got to remember. You got to remember. I came to this Boston thing thinking that we were going to be lovable losers who didn't have a curse hanging over us. And, uh, you know, I enjoy the winning. Don't get me wrong. But like I need a lovable loser. Yeah, you're like, it's too much. <laughs> it's too much winning. I don't understand. I know. And you, you try to like, not like I watch all the Patriots games out here in a, in a bar in Culver City that's owned by a, a Red Sox fan and uh, when they when they do win that much you're just like you try to be like yay and like genuinely excited not like oh cool that was great see you next week <laughs> like you try not to be like <laughs> like every day about it because you're like you have to remember like when we didn't win <laughs> gotta appreciate the little things appreciate life <laughs> I guess we'll all, we'll all appreciate everything a little bit more coming out of this stuff oh yeah yeah, yeah. There we go. Rachel, do you even have a pro team that you root for in the NFL? Because uh, you're in college football land. so Yeah. Um, my husband is um, a Bengals fan, like has always been. I prefer college over pro. We'll get you this year because there won't be any. I know. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. There probably won't be any. Out of- Although <laughs> I didn't think there'd be any MLB. And here they are chugging away. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's we'll true. Life finds a way. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't know. Our football uh, Big Ten just was like, nope. I think there's a few that are still trying to be like, not so fast. We want to play. <laughs> I know. We'll see. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm knocking on all the wood for people, but we'll see what happens. Well, on that cheery, uplifting <laughs> note, let's hope for some yay. <laughs> Hillary, did you have anything else about a league of their own that you wanted to put out into the world? No, I think before we, we let you we've go, covered, we've covered so many, so many of the fun things. No, it's been awesome just to sit here and and chit chat about all things a league yeah. of their own and otherwise. <laughs> yeah, a league of their own adjacent, I would say. Yeah, well, as Sully, I tend to like roam whenever I have conversations. Like I'm all over the place. <laughs> like one thing triggers one thing triggers another thing, and then like whatever I'm supposed to be talking about, we're not talking about anymore and it's just like that's just how it goes when sully was on my podcast about the movie mash we ended up talking about his mother's eggplant parmigiana (laughs) (laughs) like he was literally giving instructions for like squeezing the eggplant dry so that the parmigiana isn't soggy and it was just like yeah sure this is a legitimate part of this episode now. Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Also, um, so you know, I just reconnected with um, an actor that I worked with in Boston eight million freaking years ago. <laughs> she popped up on Homeland, which made me go, oh, Ellen, what's Ellen doing? Ellen Adair, who's uh, an actress in New York, uh, is hosting a baseball podcast. 
about um, grading all baseball movies. So like each episode tackles a different movie. I feel like you might enjoy it. So it's called Take Me Into the Ball Game. I'm freaking out a little bit because I do follow her and I just seen that and I don't know that I knew she was an actress. I think it was a random like someone retweeted her on Twitter and I was like, oh, this looks like a good follow. And so now I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's she's wait, how did I find her? What is she? She's an amazing actress. She was in a very, very supremely weird short film that I helped produce that she was one of the stars of. I'm talking like eons ago in Boston. And then she yeah, I haven't I've lost touch with her. And I just reconnect with her. And I was like, I love that you love baseball. And we were like trading all kinds of stories. She's a Phillies (laughs) fan, though. But uh, we were trading all kinds of stories. And she's like, she was sending me pictures of like when she went to Fenway Park. And like, and I was telling her like, oh, and I yes. And and she's talking about Gabe Kapler. And I'm like, oh, my God, he rehabbed with the little spinners. So I feel like um, I feel like you guys should be on each other's radars. <laughs> there, There is a baseball podcast, women in baseball, like haze in the air. And I love it. Yes, yes, exactly. I feel like I got to promote all of the <laughs> baseball podcasts led by women. But it, I, I haven't listened to hers yet because I just like reconnected with her a few days ago. But I'm like, that's rad. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of promoting, why don't we let you promote yourself if people are looking for you on Twitter other than you know looking up all your fabulous former co-workers yes. um, on uh, I'm just at Hillary Barraford everywhere Instagram Twitter Facebook it's just my name one L and Hillary <laughs> you can join me for sarcasm on Twitter and a bunch of uh, nicer photos on Instagram I guess I have like two different social media personalities Sometimes dog pics. Sometimes dog pics. <laughs> I always remember the people that I follow who have cute dogs. It, it's the same way where I know the dogs in my building, but not the people. Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. I, oh, believe me. This is totally a tangent. But like a couple of years ago, my dog, Della, I was convinced to give her on Instagram by the, the guy who rescued her off the freeway. By the way, if you want to see Della, if you like sad rescue videos, if you Google Faith Freeway Rescue, that's my dog getting rescued. It's a video of it. And so the guy who runs Hope for Paws, the the rescue was like, you know, Hillary, she's a really famous uh, rescue dog. He's like, you should give her an Instagram and maybe people will want to support her and like maybe give her like Mm. toys and food. And at the time, like, you know, working actress wasn't bringing in a whole lot of money. So I was like, yeah, all right, that sounds like a good idea. So I started following all these like dog accounts. I would message people as Della. And because she was about teenage age, I would talk like a teenager to all these accounts. And there was one really (laughs) famous account. I cannot remember the name of it now, but like this is one of those dog accounts that you follow and you're like I wish I was as cool as this account um and we would always like message back and forth and the and the the dog account was also like a Patriots fan we figured out and like all this stuff I never know who it was or like who owned the dogs because it was just dog pics and then like two years later I connected with a like a showrunner show creator and he posts a picture with his dogs and I was like wait hang on I think you and I were talking for like a year but as our dogs (laughs) (laughs) and it turned Turned out, yeah, we it totally, we totally were. Now, now we are actually social media friends, Instagram friends. But yeah, how random <laughs> is that? Amazing. Like, I actually spent a year talking to another dog, and then eventually, like, figured out who it was <laughs> just by sheer. So yeah, I like the dogs too, Tierney. 
Yeah. I was going to say, instead of promoting our own show's social media, which, let's face it, you can find by just looking at the show notes. Wherever you're <laughs> listening to this podcast, look at the description. There's even links. You don't even ah, have to type so anything. Easy. Just click it. But if you go on Instagram, you can look up Sally the Gray T. G-R-E-Y, because she is Sally the Greyhound. Ooh, I love Greyhound. She's a friend of mine. I've rubbed her belly. She's adorable. And then I have not gotten to know him yet because he is a puppy and very far away. Finn of Alaska, <laughs> F-I-N-N of Alaska, is a Kavapoo, which is just fun to say. <laughs> yes, it is. I was I was just laughing at her when you said, I was like, Sarah, are you really setting up an Instagram account for your dog? And then I was like, I mean, I'm going to follow him. <laughs> <laughs> It's really addicting. It gets really addicting, but it got to a tipping point with me where like Della had, I mean, she was no, she's a very famous rescue dog because of this video, but like she had, like, I don't know, a couple thousand mm. followers on Instagram like or something like that, but a, a decent amount. And I at the time had like 800 and my friend pulled me aside and was like, I don't know, Hill, this is just me, but he's like, you're trying to be an actress. He's like, maybe you should put more effort into your own Instagram and not your dogs. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I like the day that I surpassed my dog and followers, I was like, booyah in your face, Della. I was like, but it, took, it took me honestly, like well over a year to like even get close. I was like, this is sad. My dog is more famous than me on Instagram. She has more friends than me. Not anymore. They have doubled the number of legs. That should surely count something. <laughs> yes, that alone. I'm, look, I'm looking at her right now. She's like, mm-hmm. she's like, stop telling them that story. She knows you're talking yeah, about her. She's like, don't tell that story She's like, it makes you look, she's like, it makes you look bad. Don't tell that story. <laughs> it's true. It was a, it was a triumphant right. day and I was a little too excited. End of story. I love it. We're having a triumphant day. It was really great to talk to you. Really great to talk to you guys too. We're going to wrap up. Rachel and I will be back to do our MVP segment. This has been a lot of fun. So thank you so much. Thank you guys. And uh, good luck to both you and Della on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let's name our MVP for Inning 7. So Inning 7 was done a little bit differently than usual in that all the nominees were actual professional baseball players, not characters in our movie. Thank you, all our listeners who voted for Betty Spaghetti for MVP the previous inning, thus meaning that we did not have to figure out how to rig the MVP voting for her this time. (laughs) So over on the old Twitter... Sandy Koufax got two votes. But what happened over on Facebook? Well, on Facebook, Mickey Mantle won with four votes. But what did Sandy get? He got third. He got two votes, and then Dorothy Mickey McGuire got three. Yes, but if you combine Sandy's two and two, he got four. Four. Oh, I see what you're saying here. <laughs> Which? What did Mickey Mantle get on Twitter? Zero. <laughs> oh, so that puts him in a dead tie. <laughs> That's. I was like, mm, I'm not. We have we have had ties before, but they have been more blatant than this. <laughs> there has not been any nuance to our previous ties. It was usually like only two people voted and they each voted for a different person or something like that. <laughs> like, it's very exact. I am happy, though, that there was a rousing, uh, a consensus 
almost I guess not a consensus because plenty of other people got votes. I I think Mickey Mantle has earned <laughs> many accolades in his life, and so has Koufax, and I don't think either mm-hmm. of them would have been losing sleep over this. No. <laughs> I will say I tried to look up what the records were against each other. <laughs> Since Koufax was a pitcher and yeah. Mantle an outfielder, so they faced each other. <laughs> That's true. I'm sure somewhere there are the actual stats. I have to admit, I just hit the wall of laziness. I just hit that <laughs> quarantine wall. Do you know that where you're like, oh, this is such a cool idea. I'm really going to look this up. And then like all of a sudden hours have passed and you're like, I have not moved. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> But I did look up, there is a beautiful strikeout of Sandy Cope, of Mickey Mantle. Ooh. But he also homered off Koufax. So, you know, it's not like it was this thing like, oh my God, Mickey Mantle couldn't hit Koufax. Yeah. But the classic strikeout that I am thinking of, which is beautiful, was in the 63 World Series. Game one, this is from pophistorydig.com, but I saw very similar wording in other places. It's just where I happen to be saying it. Uh, Game one, October 2nd, 1963. In that game, Koufax struck out the first five Yankees he faced. Mickey Mandel, who was called out on strikes taking a Koufax curveball, walked away muttering expletives, unhappy (laughs) with his Koufax experience. Mantle wasn't alone. Koufax struck out 15 Yankees as the Dodgers won 5-2. Wow. Yogi Berra, the famous Yankee catcher known for his quips in his play, remarked of Koufax after watching his game one performance, I can see how he won 25 games. What I don't understand is how he lost five. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) And the reason I specifically wanted to give this article that I was reading a shout out, uh, although this is this picture, I'm sure you can find anywhere, but I happen to see it here and it is delightful. Ladies and gentlemen, look up. L.A. Dodgers Sandy Koufax and John Roseboro celebrate on the field in L.A. after beating the Yankees to clinch the World Series October 6, 1963. The pure joy on these men's faces. It's so, it's so great. I don't know that I've ever (laughs) seen Sandy Koufax happily yelling before. It's a delight. (laughs) So wait, what was that again? So it's when the Dodgers won the World Series in 63. And the catcher is John Roseboro, R-O-S-E-B-O-R-O. And and maybe it is the bias of being a Red Sox fan, but I love the pitcher-catcher hugging when a World Series is clinched. I love how you can just type some words in Google, be like, this is kind of what I'm looking for, this, this, and this. Yep. And then it's just like, bing, here's your magic answer. <laughs> oh, I just saw the best tweet about that, which was, don't worry about remembering the official Greek word and that she gave the Greek word for the whatever it was thrown. She says, because I just Googled like, was it Crete? Maybe it was Crete. Sausage looking chair thing and found what I was (laughs) looking for. (laughs) So, hey, speaking as a former librarian, (laughs) (laughs) if you're looking for that, uh, you know, book, you know, it had a blue cover and it had like this thing on it. Maybe Google can help you out there. (laughs) (laughs) We do live in the future. (laughs) Some things about the future, not so great. Some things about the future, awesome. Also, oh, heck. I just put in Koufax Roseboro 1963, and there was a bat-wielding brawl. Bat-wielding? Yeah. Oh, can we go back in time and watch that? 
<laughs> I don't know that I want to necessarily watch. I need to make sure everyone is okay before I commit to that. <laughs> and then there are some pictures of Koufax pitching, which of course looks natural on nobody. Yeah. Like, pitching yeah, I... is amazing. <laughs> it does not look like something the human arm was meant to do. Yeah. Yeah, the more you watch it, it's just like, man, no wonder. <gasps> I know. Sometimes the angles being achieved are not okay. <laughs> and just the velocity, you know, because they throw like, you know, 80, 90, every occasionally, you know, 100 miles an hour. It's like, yeah, you're, I don't know if arms were really meant to do that for a long time. <laughs> Arrested development voice. They weren't. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> I did not think through at all that we need to nominate some MVPs for the eighth inning. <laughs> Yeah, I think I briefly thought about that during work today, and then it flew out of my mind. You were a better person than me, although I do know one off the top of my head. I don't think she'll win because we only know her name because she is out, but Brenda, the racing catcher. Brenda. <laughs> I love her out. so you much. Are out. <laughs> you are out. You are out. <laughs> and she's reassuring Kit, like, she's... She's an important, integral part. And then, like, the way she shuts up when Dot Like, that's the start of Terminator, Dottie yeah. Hansen. So I would love to nominate her. <laughs> I realize Kit blowing through the stop sign at third was probably more actually valuable to the game. But <laughs> Brenda has a special place in my heart. <laughs> what did you think of? Oh, I had thought of Ellen Sue again. Just because... Oh, yeah. I don't know. She gets all that, you know, like uh, info from Dottie, you know, like she yeah. can't lay off the high ones. And at the beginning, she's the one with Dottie and Kat. Like, yeah, she was an integral part of that plot. So, yeah, I could see that. I feel like we should give Alice a nomination. I mean, I know she was, but <laughs> because, you know, she could have been she could have been the one behind the plate there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who knows what would have happened? I know. <laughs> I still would have been very curious to see what Ellen Sue would have pitched if Dottie hadn't done that because like yeah. I love Kit, but she's not a great batter. No. So it is entirely possible that Ellen Sue could have still gotten her out, except that Dottie enraged her so much that she went berserker and like tomahawked it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what about, I would love to nominate Doris's dad. I was, I thought of that too. All I, the way from Staten Island. I would too, yeah. Especially, you know, when he, you know, he tells him his daughter's there playing. So and proud. After the game too and... Just how he interacts with, with, you know, May. Yeah. And just, you know, taking him out for a nice steak dinner. Steak dinner. <laughs> I On definitely. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. Aww. Can we nominate Bob? <gasps> That's my wife, Bob. Yes. 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 <laughs> just on that alone, just his excitement is and his pride for Dottie. Mm, and letting her that. turn around all the, you know, when they were at Yellowstone and come back. Yeah, I have a feeling he was a big part of her coming back. He's so proud of her. That interaction at the end, like the look on his face when Tom, yeah. when Jimmy Dugan is really he's like, oh, well, I'm a big fan of yours. And he looks at Dottie kind of like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's 
he's confused, but he rolls with it. Good job, yeah. Bob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Twitter will only let me do four options. So I'm going to put Ellen, Sue, and Alice together. Pitcher okay. catcher combo, oh, I, yeah. I feel like makes sense. You know, they've obviously been working together when Jimmy goes over and he's like, if she doesn't have it, you let me know. So, yeah. I, I feel, I hope they don't mind. <laughs> I don't think they will. <laughs> There's so many, like, this is such a good inning because you have, I mean, the way, like, Dottie Hinson has her team, what out from the title? Like, oh, like Dottie and Kit are so wonderful together in that goodbye scene. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm going to start crying now. <laughs> <laughs> And I mentioned I did the Cooperstown Zoom, and of course, there were a bunch of pictures from a game at Doubleday Field and stuff oh, like that. Oh, cool. So it was really, yeah, it's so funny because as soon as like they show just Cooperstown against the hills, it, it just, yeah, oh. it still looks exactly the same. It was really, it was really tugging at the heartstrings. Are you one of those people who says Labor Day is the end of summer, or do you try and keep it going? Oh. I don't know. Not really. Kind of just think, you know, once you hit September, then it's (laughs) fall to me, even if it stays warmer out. That's my thing. I'm really torn. If it's warm out, I will try and eat it out. I'm like, nope, sunflower shorts. This is still happening. But I love a good fall. That's why, (laughs) that's why it's just like we never really get a fall here. It's like maybe a week Hmm. because then it's either like too warm to fall weather and then you just have winter (laughs) plus i am a fall baby or i was born in october so it's my favorite i i think maybe the august birthdays made me biased (laughs) (laughs) but i'm kind of like the thing of like once it hits a certain month i'm like okay you know like uh kind of midway through march maybe april i'm like okay more like when february ends i'm just like okay enough of this it's spring i don't care i don't care if it's not the official calendar first day and like once it hits like may it's like that's my summer to me that's summer <laughs> i always think summer starts memorial day weekend yeah like the thursday before memorial day weekend it's on like donkey kong yeah and then it kills me because march is supposed to come in like a lion and go out like a lamb let <laughs> me just tell you that in boston that ain't what happens is it just it's like lying all the time? It's <laughs> effing cold and it has snowed in April and I was not happy about it. <laughs> so I was just going to say, I was like, someday when it's safe to travel again, you come out and visit. If you come out in October, you can hit up the head of the Charles Regatta, which is wonderful. Ooh. It's in October. It's good weather. Actually, that was one of the things I was joking this year. I was like, but Chris, if I don't sit on the banks of the Charles eating a pulled pork sandwich and kettle corn, how will I, my body know that it is fall? <laughs> how will it know that it's time to switch? <laughs> you will just have to drink something pumpkin spice flavored. Oh, I can't do the drinks. I <laughs> no, love I can't either. Pumpkin spices. If you put them in a baked good, oh my God, the pumpkin scones. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't murder someone for a Starbucks pumpkin scone. But I would, like... Knock them down. Maybe lie. Like, ethical quandaries would be broached. (laughs) (laughs) They're so good. (laughs) So I am not anti-pumpkin spice. And so if some people want to put them in their lattes, sure. Does that mean there's more pumpkin stuff? Great. I just... I per- I can't drink it. I think my body yeah. just gets confused. It's like, my body, can't we just have yeah. a muffin? <laughs> yeah. 
As I get older, my body's like, no, it, it, it smells and tastes good, but we don't like it. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, whatever. <laughs> oh, see, I have always had very strong, like, what are we doing here things? And that in college, I remember my roommate took her bartending license and would make chocolate martinis. And Ooh. I was like, oh my God, these are so good. And like white Russians and all that stuff. I can't do it. Because my body's like, what are we doing here? Are we drinking alcohol or are we drinking dairy? Because <laughs> those are two different things I need to deal with. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I never. I could, and, and it'd be good stuff. And people are like, oh, my God, you're so lucky. You live with Anne. And I'm just like, I, I can't touch it. Please just put some put some Jack and a Diet Coke and let's move on with our lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I never thought of it that way with those kind of... <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, the pumpkin spice latte is, like, now the 30s equivalent of that <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that, yeah. Your body's like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yes, it is. A fi- and, and when you come out, hopefully it will be a year where we will still have baseball in Boston at that point, and we can go freeze our butts off at a Red Sox game because <laughs> it'll be one of those things you'll go, and the day will have been warm. Then the sun sets, and all of a sudden... It's really effing cold. Yeah. I do not like being cold. I mean, I've been in like games or something where, you know, it's cold, your fingers and your toes get cold mm. and I'm I'm not a happy camper to say <laughs> that's putting it nicely. And I'm just like, I just wanna give up. Just like carry me back or something. <laughs> I do not do cold well. <laughs> do you remember the polar vortex year? I think it was 2014. Or oh, yeah. The yeah. next year, it snowed and there was 17 feet of snow on the ground in Boston. But the year before was the polar vortex. Uh, yeah. where it did not snow, but it was incredibly cold. Yeah. I went to a doubleheader hockey game at Fenway Park. So we were outside. Oh, my gosh. I think the feels like was in the negative third no it couldn't have been but the feels like was definitely negative (laughs) and i'm pretty sure the actual temperature was only like two or three (laughs) and we stayed outside to watch hockey and we're like what are we doing why are we doing this i (laughs) this is what you do when you're young and stupid so we did it yeah i remember marta and i were very happy that there were lines for the women's room because they had a big heater so as you were standing in line for the women's room you would thaw out a little bit (laughs) so that was nice and then so much hot chocolate and coffee was consumed on that day but yeah my first ever professional god was it my first ever professional game it might have been i went to an nfl game it's the only one i've ever been to and it was the bills at the jets out of the meadowlands (laughs) in the early 90s (laughs) and it snowed and my dad wanted to get back to the car because it was literally snowing on us and we still had to drive home to Connecticut. Oh, man. And But I'm one of those, like, stay-to-the-end people. And so I just remember, like, standing there. I was a kid with my little cup of hot chocolate in the snow. I did not care about either team. <laughs> I just wanted to do it. <laughs> a, 
Anyway, how do I, I, I keep switching to football. Maybe that's <laughs> how I need to judge it. Forget the calendar, forget the temperature. When does tyranny turn every conversation about baseball into a conversation about hockey and football instead? And I'll say they're not too far off, you know, football no. scheduled. You know, the Bengals will be kicking off this Sunday. I'm very nervous because there was one of those, the first word you see in this jumble is how your team will do. And I saw sadness. (laughs) And I root for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, well, that... that... (laughs) So... (laughs) I think that's just... (laughs) Like, we've had a lot of happiness, but... Yeah. If we went back to sadness, I don't think anyone would be shocked. So I'm very nervous. Very nervous indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's sadness because... I don't know. I, I just had to. I don't know where Thank that was going. Thank you for going. trying, I Rachel. I do appreciate it. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe I had such a brilliant th- thought and it disappeared. I'm sorry. I thought you were just really trying to be optimistic, and then, I was. Like, I was I trying to spin it in a positive way. Like maybe it said sadness because they would be sad. <laughs> Sadness I just can't bring it back. I can't doing bring it so back. well yes. that in a normal year, I would have hustled my butt out there to go to a game, but I can't. So I'm sad yeah. because I can't watch my team win in person. Yeah, they'll be sad because so many fans will not be able to witness their first, <laughs> their, the first their Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> in person. <laughs> That's it. We did it. That's how I became a Browns fan, you know. I only started rooting for them the year after the year they didn't win any. And remember the beer was locked up? And it was like when they win, they'll unlock all the beer. Yeah. And so that's why I started rooting for them. Because I figured people have suffered enough and they deserve the beer. And then by the time they win, I'll get all the beer. Chris, what if they go from beer locked up because they never win to winning the Super Bowl undefeated? Like, that would be amazing. And. Spoiler alert for history, that isn't exactly how that season ended, but it was surprisingly good. So it was a good time to get in on <laughs> and on that. And they have all the, those dogs. Because, oh, guys, they have unfeeled dog, and then they have a, a adopted dog that lives at their oh, office. Yeah. His name Moose. Yeah. So I was just like, these are my people. anyway before the spirits of my ancestors from michigan and indiana come and strike me down we should probably wrap (laughs) up (laughs) so i will post a poll for the eighth inning mvp on twitter we're at vcr privileges and rachel where will you post the poll i will post it to facebook in our facebook group the dugout with dugan Yay! The poll will be up for one week, then we tally the results, and we will announce them at the bottom of the ninth. Oh my goodness. Enjoy that? Good. Well, come back next game, will you? Good hit. Good hit. Take care.